Good morning, and welcome to Simply Space. It's Thursday, February 22nd. On today's show, the European Space Agency's satellite concludes its three-decade-long mission, and a physicist begins work on a giant space parasol to cool our planet. Plus, we'll explore how monitoring nature from space could keep Earth healthy. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Space. We start off with the conclusion of a significant chapter in space exploration. The European Space Agency's ERS-2 satellite has concluded its three-decade-long mission with a natural atmospheric re-entry over the North Pacific Ocean. Launched in 1995, ERS-2, along with its sibling ERS-1, has been instrumental in Earth observation, providing critical data on various aspects of our planet. Here to discuss this in more detail is James, a correspondent for Simply Space. Can you tell us more about the significance of ERS-2's mission? Absolutely, David. ERS-2, along with ERS-1, has indeed been a game-changer in Earth observation. Despite being originally planned for only three years, the ERS satellites far exceeded expectations, providing valuable data for over 15 years. They have given us new insights into our planet, including land surfaces, ocean temperatures, the ozone layer, and polar ice extent. This has created new opportunities for scientific research and applications. Why did the ESA decide to deorbit ERS-2 in 2011? The decision to deorbit ERS-2 was primarily due to concerns about orbital debris. Over the years, the satellite's altitude gradually decreased, reaching a critical point of about 80 kilometers on February 21, 2024, triggering its natural re-entry. This process was closely monitored by an international collaboration, including the Interagency Space Debris Coordination Committee and ESA's Space Debris Office. What does it mean that ERS-2's re-entry was natural? ERS-2's re-entry was labeled natural because all its fuel was depleted during deorbiting in 2011, ensuring it couldn't be controlled during its descent. The atmospheric drag became the guiding force, leading to a safe re-entry over the North Pacific Ocean without any reported damage to property. What is the ESA's approach to dealing with space debris moving forward? ESA is now embracing a more sustainable approach with the ESA Zero Debris Initiative. The agency aims to minimize space debris and encourage safer re-entry methods. Controlled re-entries, directing satellites to less populated areas, are now standard practice. This aligns with ESA's broader vision for sustainable space activities. What is the legacy of ERS-2? ERS-2's legacy is significant. It has provided valuable data for over 15 years, contributing to weather forecasting, climate monitoring, and enhancing our understanding of our planet. The mission has laid the groundwork for subsequent Earth observation missions, and ESA is committed to environmentally friendly disposal methods for aging satellites. Thanks for those insights, James. Now, let's shift our gaze from the stars to a possible solution for our planet's rising temperatures. Professor Yoram Rosen, director of the Asher Space Research Institute at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology, is aiming to answer whether a giant space blanket could be the answer. His team plans to build a working model to test the feasibility of this ambitious concept. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Space. Can you tell us more about this concept? Certainly, David. 
Professor Rosen's idea is to place a giant sunshade made of mylar or a similar material between the Earth and the sun. The aim is to block enough solar radiation to cool our planet by a degree or two. This could counteract the temperature rising effect of excess greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide, which trap too much solar radiation in our atmosphere. That's quite an audacious concept. How does Professor Rosen plan to implement this? Once he secures funding for his cool earth proof of concept, it could be ready for launch within three to four years. The estimated cost of cool earth is around $20 million. The project has already been featured in the New York Times, which could potentially inspire environmental organizations to contribute towards the cost. What about other solutions to combat global warming? How does this compare? There are other solutions, such as carbon capture, which involves removing some of the excess CO2. However, this is not easily done and requires dealing with huge amounts. Another solution is to increase Earth's reflectivity, for example, by painting the planet white. But this isn't practical. Professor Rosen's space blanket idea approaches the problem from a different direction, aiming to reduce the amount of solar radiation heating the Earth. And what kind of impact could this sunshade have on Earth's temperature? A massive sunshade could potentially cause the Earth's temperature to drop by 1.5 degrees Celsius in a year or so. However, it won't completely free us from the effects of climate change. Even if we stopped all pollution today, we would still be dealing with the current temperature and associated catastrophes. But this shading solution could make us more comfortable. So, what's the next step for this project? The next step is the Cool Earth Demonstrator. This will be a miniature version of the huge parasol, sail, blanket, or umbrella as a technological demonstrator to show that it's possible. The demonstrator, planned to span a modest 100 square feet, won't make a dent in global warming. To really reduce the temperature, we'd need about 2.5 million square kilometers of material, roughly the size of Argentina or Algeria. Where would this sunshield be situated? The sun shield would be located outside of the atmosphere in a specific spot called Lagrange Point 1, L1, between the Earth and the Sun. This is about 1.5 million kilometers from Earth. Here, the gravitational forces of the two bodies cancel each other out, theoretically allowing an object to stay put. However, solar radiation pressure pushes objects toward Earth, so finding the exact spot where these forces balance out to zero is crucial. Thanks for that fascinating insight, Michael. Speaking of space, let's discuss how the view from there can have a profound impact on those who get to experience it, often leading to what's known as the overview effect. Scientists are now proposing a new system that could use this view from space to transform our understanding of Earth's changing ecology and complex systems. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Celeste. Can you tell us more about this proposed system? Certainly, David. The proposed system aims to combine satellite data and imagery with on-the-ground technologies such as camera traps, acoustic monitoring, and DNA barcoding. The goal is to create a multi-billion international scheme that would allow countries to effectively track the health of the planet and safeguard essential resources for billions of people. What led to the proposal of this new system? In 2022, governments pledged to transform their relationship with nature by the end of the decade. They committed to 23 targets to halt the rapid decline of life on Earth. However, 
scientists warn that the data about the health of the planet's seas, soils, forests, and species are so flawed, it will be impossible to know if we have been successful at meeting these targets. Hence, the proposal for a new system to monitor the biosphere, akin to how we monitor the weather. How would this new system work? The idea is to develop biodiversity observation networks, or BONDS, in every country. These networks would gather raw data on seas, soils, forests, and species to give an overview of a nation's biodiversity health. This data could then be combined at a planetary level. Countries like Canada, Colombia, and several European nations are already developing their own bonds. What are the challenges in implementing this system? One of the main challenges is the data gaps. Analysis of nearly 375,000 species in 2021 found widespread gaps in biases. Just 6.74% of the planet has been sampled, with high elevations and deep seas particularly unknown. Some of the biggest gaps were in the tropics, despite these areas being home to large swaths of life. The data gaps are not limited to animals. In 2023, Kew Gardens identified 32 planet dark spots that are known to be rich in plant biodiversity but have poor data records. What are the potential solutions to these challenges? New technologies such as eDNA and other methods have opened up new ways to monitor ecosystem health. Techniques like acoustic monitoring and DNA barcoding allow better understanding of ecosystems and help identify some of the millions of species yet to be discovered. Innovations in scanning technologies enable researchers to check an entire forest for disease and identify species distributions. However, scientists say there is still more to be done to look at Earth systems as a whole. What would be the impact of this new system if it's successfully implemented? If implemented successfully, this system would allow us to take the pulse of the planet, so to speak. It would provide a comprehensive overview of the planet's biodiversity health, which is crucial for safeguarding food, water, and material supplies for billions of people. However, it would require international cooperation as the planet's biodiversity doesn't care about political borders. Thanks for those insights, Celeste. Now, as humanity's dream of venturing into space moves closer to realization, there are many questions that need to be addressed. One of the most pressing is how prolonged exposure to microgravity and space radiation will affect human health. A recent study by an international team of scientists has considered an often overlooked aspect of human health, our microbiome. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Space. Can you tell us more about this study and its findings? Certainly, David. The team, which included researchers from various universities and research centers, focused on how time in space might affect our gut bacteria, which is crucial to our well-being. They noted that the microbiota of astronauts will encounter elevated stress from microgravity and space radiation, including galactic cosmic rays. Can you explain what galactic cosmic rays are and why they are a concern? Galactic cosmic rays are a high-energy form of radiation that consists primarily of protons and atomic nuclei stripped of their electrons. These rays are accelerated to close to the speed of light. When these rays impact our atmosphere or protective shielding aboard spacecraft or the International Space Station, they result in showers of secondary particles. While Earth's protective magnetosphere and atmosphere prevent most of these particles from reaching the surface, astronauts in space are exposed to them regularly. How does this exposure affect astronauts? 
Previous research has shown that this exposure could potentially enhance astronaut resilience to radiation, a process known as radio adaptation. However, the extent to which astronauts adapted varied from one astronaut to the next, with some experiencing adverse biological effects before embarking on a deep space mission. The team recommends conducting further research to determine the risks associated with the space environment. What are the team's recommendations for further research? The team lauded the International Space Station as the ideal environment for testing the human microbiome response to space radiation and microgravity. They also addressed the shortage of research in this area and how the long-term effects of radiation on microbiomes and environmental bacteria are poorly understood. They recommend that astronauts undergo regular cytogenetic tests to measure their adaptive response and that only those who show a high adaptive response to low doses of radiation be selected for missions where they would be exposed to higher doses. What challenges might researchers face when studying astronaut microbiomes in space? Conducting experiments in the microgravity environment can affect the growth and behavior of microorganisms, making it challenging to obtain accurate and reliable data. There's also the potential hazard of spreading pathogens in a closed environment with recycled air systems. However, this is research that needs to be conducted before crude deep space exploration can be realized, as it has the potential to identify potential pathogens and develop strategies to prevent their spread during missions. That's certainly something to watch. Thanks, Abby. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Space. We'll see you back here tomorrow.